John 11, verses 38 through 44. Jesus, once more deeply moved, called to the, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So, that, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Eight different times in John chapter 11, the word believe stands out as the theme of that chapter. Now, I've chosen the title Lazarus for the series of messages, and I love that Aaron's leading us in that popular song about Lazarus. And everyone knows who's ever been to Sunday school, who's ever read the Bible, everyone knows who Lazarus is, but John chapter 11 is really not about Lazarus. Have you noticed that? Lazarus hasn't done anything through all of this. He's dead in the grave, and I'm preaching a series of messages about somebody who hasn't done a thing. The thing is, the story of Lazarus is all about Jesus. What about your story? How much is there in your life story? Everybody's got a story, right? You are writing your story day by day. And how much of your story is about Jesus? Do you believe? Jesus said to Martha, and I talked about it last week, if you believe, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. He, he has said to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And he asked her, do you believe this? Then in the passage that Mark just read to us, it's said that he repeated to her again, didn't I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Now, I want to ask you a question. What is it that he had just said to them? When she gave an excuse, he had said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. You say, well, that's something very simple. Well, actually, he was talking to Martha, and her, his intention was not that Martha would take away the stone. He was speaking to the entire crowd. She had said, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been dead, he's been there in the tomb four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Now, I just said, he was not just talking 
to Martha. Um, by the way, I've, I've always read that. Most of my life I've read that in the King James Version. And you have to be careful that there is some punctuation there, Brock, because he says, he, he says, take away the stone, and then it says Martha. And you can, if you, if you don't notice the punctuation, you'll think that he just said, Martha, take away the stone. I assure you, the stone was such that Martha could not take it away. He was talking to the crowd. And I want you to think about this this morning. Jesus is in the room. Do you believe that? Jesus is in the room. And can you imagine that He just sat down beside you, birthday girl, and He's whispered in your ear, in yours, Deepak, and yours, Darren. He's whispered in your ear, take away the stone. You did, come, you did come today in order to hear from God, right? You didn't just come to hear me speak. I hope you came into the room recognizing that Jesus is in the room. And I hope you came to church today hoping to hear from God. And I'm telling you, He's saying to you this morning, Kelly, take away the stone. Now, what did that mean to them when he said it? I mean, other than the obvious, take away the stone. What, what kind of message was that to them? And if I'm saying to you, Leah, that he's saying that to you this morning, what does that mean? Well, for one thing, it means participation with God. Participation with God. Think about it. Why did he tell them to take away the stone? This, Jonathan, is the creator of the universe. Could he not take away the stone? I mean, what he's about to do, raise the dead, is a lot more difficult than taking away the stone. Joe, I tell you, the creator of the universe, if he had said to the stone, get out of the way. I started to say he'd get up and run. I guess, Dennis, it would roll itself away. Could Jesus not take away the stone? Then why did He say to them, take away the stone? Because He wanted them to get in on what He was going to do. Participation with God. He wanted to involve them in His work. And I'm saying to you today that God wants to involve you in His work. You can't raise the dead. You can't save anyone. But there are things that you can do in order to participate with God. Think about the teachers that taught this morning. Uh, Corey is not in here, but Corey Bruce taught my class for me so that I could be away in the middle of the week. You say, well, what does that mean? You're here this morning. Why didn't you just teach the class? Because I don't just teach the class without preparing for it. Teachers, you spend time. Corey spent hours preparing to teach my class for me. He was participating 
with God. Listen, you stand in front of those children. Corey and Alice this morning are in children's chapel. They are standing before a group of young people changing their lives with the Word of God. Teacher, you're not just filling a spot and you're surely not just babysitting. You are pouring yourself into those children. And it is life-changing. And you're not doing it on your own. You are, in, you are in participation. You are in partnership with God. Thursday morning coffee bunch. I know that it's some folks say, oh, I don't want to go out there and work. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a painter. Uh, are you a good listener? We have great devotionals. I know because most of the time I do it. We do. We have a great time of devotion and fellowship and even good coffee on Thursday morning. But guys, Joe, when you're in here for Thursday morning coffee bunch, you're in partnership with Christ. You're getting in on what God's doing. Tim talked to me last week and said, is the bus, black bus, going to be used for anything? I think this would be a good time for me to fix the bumper, and I'm not going to talk about how the bumper got damaged. It really doesn't matter. <clears throat> I started to say a name. But, Tim, man, I appreciate your willingness and your giftedness, but you're not on your own when you do that. You are in partnership with God. Listen, there's a principle here, Karen. We want to get in on what God's doing we want to work with him. Roger, there's a part of this we can't do. The people in that crowd could not raise Lazarus from the dead, and so he told them what they could do. Take away the stone. My question for you is, where are you involved in God's work in this place? There's plenty to be done. And we have a a philosophy, almost a rule, that if you're a member of this church, you need to be in ministry somewhere. You need to be doing something. Uh, somebody uh, has well said that the church is not a cruise ship. It's an army. You get involved. You're not here to be served. You are here to serve and to participate with God, He wanted to involve them in His work. I want you to notice a couple of things about that. He waited on them to do their part, and then He performed the miracle. Now, I don't know that I understand that. Why would He wait? And I wonder how long, Jamie, would he, would he have waited? I don't know. But He waited until they moved the stone. You know, I don't know if he's standing with his arms crossed and patting his foot. I don't, I, I don't know how long it took them. If they were Baptist, they had a long meeting before they figured out how they were going to move the stone. Amen? How many Baptists does it take to move a stone? Let's elect a committee. Who's going to be the chairman? We've got to publicize this. Can we take out a newspaper article that we're going to move the stone? I tell you this. 
When Jesus got through, nobody remembered who moved the stone. It was all about Jesus. He waited on them to act. Listen, God wants to do something marvelous in your life. But He's waiting on you to act before He does His thing in your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants to do a marvelous work in your life? And I, yeah, I'm talking to you. And He's waiting on you to act so that He will do what He wants to do in your life. Um, I've already said, sort of giving it away, their actions were not the main event. We have a tendency to be proud of our ministry, like the preacher bragging about doing the devotions on Thursday. That, that's sort of ridiculous. Um, when the guys get done, nobody remembers who did the devotion. Uh, they know what got fixed and what got repaired. Uh, you, you know, Rick, nobody left that day saying, you know, today we would create a chant. Uh, Bregan, I moved the stone. I moved the stone. I moved the stone. What they did was not the main event. And we need to be very careful that we do not steal the glory of God. Our purpose is to get on, in on what He's doing. And He is the main event. Listen, God wants you to participate with Him in His great work. He can do it without you. He can do it without me. But he, pre he prefers to do it through you. What is there in your life, in your ministry, and what you're doing, in your life story, in what way are you participating with God? The other thing, get in on what God's doing. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. The other thing, surrender to God. What does take away the stone mean? Well, it, he said it because if you believe, you will see the glory of God. But what is it he wants them to do? He said take away the stone. And that means surrender to God. Jesus refused to raise the dead until they removed the stone. There is a sense in which the stone was their barrier to his plan. Now, Todd, when I sent that slide to Walter for proofreading, he said, no, you, that's wrong. It's not their barrier, it's the barrier. The barrier. He said, no, it's their barrier because he told them to do it. The stone suddenly belongs to them, and he expects them to take it out of the way. The stone, Jonathan, suddenly becomes a barrier to God's plan, and he refuses to do anything until that barrier is removed. If he sat down beside you this morning and he has indeed said, take away the stone, He's asking you, what is there in your life that is blocking God's blessing? In a 
crowd this size, I, I can imagine things. I know the typical church. Uh, maybe, there, maybe there's unforgiveness. And it's blocking God's blessing in your life. Maybe there's a problem of anger. Maybe there is a poor relationship in your marriage. Maybe there is an illicit affair that's going on and nobody knows it but you and them and the Lord. Whatever it is, whatever in your life, maybe you've refused to follow God. I know that there was a time in my life God was calling me to preach and I absolutely refused. I kept telling him I can't preach and the jury is still out on that one, Eric. But I refused. And I ran a long way from God. And I made the birthday girl this morning. I know it was yesterday. I made her life miserable. Absolutely miserable. She, we would go to church together. And I would stand and hang on to the back of the pew. And Charlotte, she would stand and weep. I think she wanted to get saved six times. She, she, she couldn't figure out what is it that God is, is doing that, that I'm feeling this way. And she finally realized it's Him. God's convicting Him and deep pockets overflowing on her. What is there in your life that God is asking you to do and you stubbornly refuse? You know what he's saying to you today? Take away the stone. Remove that barrier. If you want God to bless you, I know some of you get tired of me talking about our giving, but I will tell you that nothing has so changed, radically changed our life as learning to give to God. I mean, when we were living on starvation wages, we learned to tithe and give to God. And I learned you can't outgive God. And I have preached around the world. I have preached in the slums of Africa. There is no one so poor that they cannot tithe. I preached that to people who made a dollar a day. Well, hello, if you make a dollar a day, your tithe's only 10 cents. And you get the 90 cents to live on. I've had, I had a Baptist deacon tell me, I can't afford to tithe. And I told him, I can't afford not to. I had someone say to me, I make too much money to tithe. With my tongue bleeding from having been bitten, I said, you know, God could fix that. You know what that means? If you're making too much money to tithe, he could easily reduce what you're making because it's all coming from him. 100% is coming from him. And he could reduce your income so that it's more comfortable for you to tithe if you think that's what your problem is. Take away the stone. If you want God to bless you, Take away the stone, stone, remove that barrier to his blessing. Whatever it is, 
I don't know what that barrier may be for you. If you're lost, if you're not following the Lord in baptism and He's leading you to that, if you're thinking about joining this church and thinking about it and thinking about it, if you have not committed to Christ, if you're backslidden and need to rededicate your life, take away the stone, take away the barrier, whatever it is that's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. Surrender to God. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. The third thing that take away the stone means is faith in God. Faith in God. You see, there's no need to move the stone unless you believe that God is going to do something. Why move the stone? And that's what Martha said. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now get this, your brother will rise again. Now you know what that means. You have the benefit of knowing the whole story. But you know what's going through Martha's mind when he says that? Oh, I know, Lord, in the last day, when the trump sounds, when, in the last day, I know there will be a resurrection. I believe that you will raise the dead. I'm just not sure you can do anything about the situation we're in right now. Don't tell me you've never thought that. I believe that God will bless me in heaven someday. I just don't think He can help me with the problem I'm in right now. Do you believe? Do you believe that He is who He says He is? Do you believe He will do what He says He will do? And do you believe, here's the crunch, do you believe He'll do it in your life now? See, we have that by and by faith, and what we need is some right now, right here, right here, right now faith. Do you believe? Faith in God. Take away the stone. Listen, God wants to do something marvelous in your life, but it will require faith on your part. God is always faithful. Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him, that is comes to God, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now that, there's a whole sermon. I just want to point out the one thing. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Do you believe. Do you believe that God exists? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He hears you when you pray? Do you believe that He wants to do something in your life? Why is it that people think that pastors and missionaries and maybe even deacons and maybe the occasional Sunday school teacher that God wants to do something in their life, but you sit in the auditorium 
under the sound of the Word of God and think, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. Well, yes, it is. God wants to do something marvelous in your life. But it will take a step of faith. Step out in faith and trust God. Listen, you can trust God. He is always faithful. He is always faithful. Take away the stone finally means life from God. So they took away the stone. They did what Jesus said. They took the stone away. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I got tickled last week when Aaron said, it's a good thing he called Lazarus' name, otherwise everybody in the cemetery would come out of their graves. Lazarus, come out. I wonder, Kim, what the crowd thought at that moment. What did he say? What does he think he's doing? Do you believe that? He just called the dead man to come out. Lazarus did. Much to their shock, Lazarus, the dead man, came out of the grave. The dead man came out. Take away the stone means life from God. See, there was death in that place, but Jesus brought life. If you've never been saved, You've never trusted Christ. According to the Bible, you are dead in your trespasses and sin. That is spiritually dead. I know you're walking around, breathing. That's not what I'm saying. But you are spiritually separated from God. And your only hope of eternal life or of life, spiritual life, is in Jesus Christ. There was death in that place, and Jesus brought life. Tell you what, I've been in some dead churches. This is not the most awake crowd that I've ever preached to. (laughs) Come on, a little participation, please. I mean... Participate with God. No, but seriously, I have been in some dead churches. And I don't want to be in a, in a dead church. Do you? I want to be in a church where the Spirit of God moves and there is a sense of life. Too often Baptists have had a dead worship. We talk about others who who get active in their worship, and we criticize them. What what are we saying? Come on out and be dead with us? Man, if anybody ought to be happy, it's us. We have life from God, and we need to quit acting like we're dead. He's made us alive, and He wants to make you alive. Listen, he loves this church, and he has rescued this church from demise. And he is working in you 
He is working in your life. I started to come out and see, I see some strange faces this morning, and <clears throat> it's not unusual. But what I, what I was thinking when I said that is, I see the guests who are here. I, I see some returnees. Joni, it's good to see you this morning. I just want to say to our guests, I got to meet you before the service, some of you. I just want to say to you, Jesus wants to make you alive. He wants to give you life from God. And for the members of Faith and LR, quit acting like we're dead. Share your faith. Tell your story of what Jesus has done for you. Because that phrase, take away the stone, means life. Eternal life from God. If you believe. If you believe, take away the stone. And you will see the glory of God. Let's stand together. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray this morning for a movement of the Spirit of God, for the decisions to be made that need to be made. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me, please. Father, I thank you for your Spirit, your Word, and Father, I pray that you've been glorified in the service today as you were in the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And I pray, Father, that you would move by your Spirit. Lord, forgive me of my weakness and take me out of this equation and move by your Spirit on the hearts of people whose lives need to be changed, transformed. There are people here who need to make decisions for you. And I pray that same conviction that you poured on me all those years ago, soon to be 50 years ago, pour that conviction of the Spirit on their hearts so that they will move today to make the decision that you would have them to make. 